Good morning, everyone. Uh, we are the rest of the folks. Oh, oh, this. Oh, it's daylight saving time. Oh my goodness. Yeah, uh, that is expected. But anyway, you know, you are here. We are here, and the Lord is here, and the Holy Spirit is here. So we'll just go ahead and do our thing. It's good to be here again with you, and want to thank the church again for inviting Beverly and myself to come to your conference. And today is the last day of the conference, and tomorrow we will be on our way back home. Wow. So, um, thank God for you folks, and we trust that as we look into God's Word today, that the Lord will speak to our hearts in some way. You know, even one word, one thought, something, but we pray that God would really speak today. So I'm going to ask you right now to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 21, not Matthew 28, Matthew 21, and verse 28 to 31. And we're going to read that together, and I'm going to ask you to read along with me as we read. St. Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 31. When you have found that, please say, Praise the Lord. Lord. You have found it. Good. So let's read together. Matthew 21, verse 28. It says, But, let everybody read together. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether of them twain did the will of his father? They say unto, um, they say unto him the first. Jesus says unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. That's the end of our reading for today. Let's have a word of prayer and let's look and to see what God has to say to us this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you again for your word and we thank you for this convention and for this challenge to us, Lord, and to remind us once again that you have planned a program. And Lord, that only us can put that program together and have it done. Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name that you would minister to our hearts and our lives today, and as we look into your word, Lord, that we will hear your voice through the blessed Holy Spirit. Bless us as we uh, look into your word again, and we give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Let me uh, put the title that I chose to speak on this morning in our time of meditation. And uh, for those, I'm sure everybody have seen this before, 
And so I am going to use some black paint. Don't, do not look at the black part of it. Look at the yellow and the red. And so I am going to help you as you go along. Maybe you are not seeing quite well. But this letter here is the letter G. So don't look at the yellow. Don't look at the black. Look at the yellow and the red. And here is the letter. And that's the letter O. And I'm going to put an apostrophe right over here. And this is going to be the letter D. And the next letter is the letter S. And here we go. Let's put one right here. And this one is going to be the letter P. Wow. Paint a little pan. Um, thick. Here we go. And this one is the letter L. And this is not an I. It's an A. And this one here is the letter N. And so we are going to go for another one now. Now I am going to ask you to tell me what letter that one is. F. F very good. And this one would be what? O. o. Good. I want you because if you, if I, if you miss what I'm saying, then you know, I've lost you and I don't want that to happen. So here we go. Right here with this one here. One here and one here. And that word is four. Okay, let's go for another one now right here and another one here. And one here, another here, and another one right over there. And let's put this one now. I hope I could remember. E, um, V, A, N, um, G right here, E right here. And this one is L, and the next one, I don't have to do anything, it's a short one, it's I. And let's see if we could get over here, S right here, and Keith, get over there, and you get an M. Good, very, very good. So, it says what? That's right, God's plan for world evangelism. I am sure that many of you here... Uh, you might be business people or whatever it is, but there's always a time when we have to make some plans to do something or to go somewhere. And we make a plan because we want to start a business or whatever, or we're making plans to go somewhere. And boy, a lot of things we have to consider. When we plan to come here um, last week, uh, there are a lot of things we had to put in place because... We had uh, this um, Thanksgiving service for 29 years of ministry in Jamaica. We had to plan that. So we had to be planning from January, trying to get that together, and at the same time, planning to leave and to come here um, for something else. So it was a lot of planning. And planning are very important because if you don't plan, you won't get anywhere and you won't get things done. Now, in God's realm, the same thing, God has plans. And um, in the scripture we read, very interesting scripture. It talks about God, um, talk about this man having how many sons? Two sons. And notice some very interesting things there about the two sons. And um, 
we have to keep in mind the word son. And the Bible said that the man went to the throne. But before I go there, I want to put a phrase here from what Jesus said. And he asked the people something, and I'm going to put it here, W H A T. And um, here is another one, D right here. And here is an Y, an O, a U. And um, look at this one here, it's a T right here. And um, an H here, I, N right here. And this one right here, it's a K. And let me put it into a question mark. Because Jesus asked the question, what do you think? And so you'll have to decide now, um, what are you thinking? And from the statement he made and from the, the parable that he gave, you will have to decide. Because here he had all these people in front of them and he was talking with them and asking them questions and he was talking about um, this parable, giving them this parable about this man who had um, two sons. And then he said, the man went to one son and what did he say to him? He said, go into his field. So we want to look at a few things pertaining to the what Jesus said to him, and we are going to look at the first one, and we are going to use some of these W's, you know, like um, this first W I'm going to put here is, um, look at this one, W-H-O, who first of all he was talking to? Who was it that he said? The first one, who was it that he, um, that the father spoke to? The, the what? Yeah, he spoke to his... All right, let me put it here quickly. He spoke to his son. That's right. That was the person he spoke to. His son. Nobody else. It wasn't his cousin. It wasn't his grandson. It, it wasn't a friend. Nobody else. He spoke to his son. Now... If you here today, if you are not a son, who would you be? Think about that. That's kind of frightening to, to, to talk about, you know, if, if you are not a son. Because I take it here that all of you are sons and daughters of God. Now, if you are not, then the book of Hebrews talks about something that is very frightening and you hardly even want to use the word. Because it said... If you are not son, then you are what? What's that? Bastard. They said you are a bastard. And a bastard is not a son. That's right. Uh, and it's a word that I grew up with hearing about bastard. And it was always a derogatory word. It was never a pleasant word. And so the whole fact of the matter is that God said that he spoke to his sons. 
and said, I want you to go into this field. So we are sons. We under, need to understand that if we have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, then we are children of God. We are sons and daughters of God. And if that's the case, then we have to put ourselves in line. We have to get in line. And we, we have to acknowledge and understand and claim who we are. I am a son of God. I am royalty. I am a child of a king. I know who I am. And people need to acknowledge these days who they are. And if I am a son, then I am under rules and regulation. And I need to be obedient to my father, to my parents. That is important. And as we talk about world evangelization, it, it, it's not about one person. It's not about a pastor. It's not about a missionary. It's about, he said, son, something else. What does he say, son? Let's see if we could find something else. He said, son, he's telling him something. Let's go to find out now at the other one right here. W H A T. He tells his son to do something. <laughs> That's right. So here he has the authority, and here he is instructing his child to do something. That's right. And if we don't, what? Do what he tells us to do. What is it that he tells the son to do? Here we go. Let's put that one here. So you, at least you will remember these things. Don't through the idea. It says, he said, go and what? That's right. He said, go and work. That's right. He said, go and work. And that is what God wants us to do. As somebody said, God didn't save us to sit. He saved us to serve. And if we don't serve, God's plan is not going to be accomplished. And I remember somebody saying that God the other day, God has no hands but our hands, no feet but our feet, no eyes but our eyes, no ears, no nothing at all. God is there. And the, the, maybe you have heard the story about some angel or someone asking Jesus, suppose the people you ordained just do what you say. What's going to happen? He said, well, I don't have anybody else. No one else. Nothing else. Which had a plan? Plan B? God doesn't have a plan B. That's right. He came here. He died. He trained those people. And he says to them, go. That's right. And you know all the stories about going and what happened to the disciples long time ago when God told them to go and what they did. They sat down at Jerusalem and God had to have a way to flutter us out of the, you know, put some prickles and some pins into the seat. And it said that they all were persecuted. 
Imagine that God was the one who caused that to happen so he could get them away, get them wake up and to go on their way to accomplish that which it um, he had planned, you know. And so God will use just about anything to get his program done. And he will do us anything just to make sure we do what he wants us to do. We are his children and he has the prerogative, he has the power to do whatever he wants to do. It's my child and I tell him what to do and he's going to do it. And, you know, if, if he don't, might have to just use a little friendly persuasion, you know, to get us out. So he just used a little, what, persecution. And what happened? They ran, and the Bible said, as they went, what they did, they preached the gospel so people could hear the gospel. Thank God for that. And that's what God wants us to do today, because brothers and sisters, listen to me. It's bad out there. It's weird. I mean, I don't know how much you go out. I don't know how much you mingle, but I'm sure you have TV and you have radio and you listen what's going on. It's getting worse. It's bad out there. And you know what? A lot of people don't go... Um, anymore out in the streets and to preach the gospel and so on. People are afraid because of gun and because of this and people might laugh at them and do all kinds of things. And because of that people are intimidated and they won't go anymore. But guess what? The word is still go. Because whenever you go, even in a hostile situation, in a hostile place, they are still people there who are ready to believe, they want to hear it, and they want to be changed. And so if we, are, if we allow the hostility of one person or in a community to prevent us by, from going, then we are going to be in trouble. And there are going to be a lot of people who will never hear the gospel. You know, God told Ezekiel, he said... I am setting you as a watchman. And you need to blow the trumpet. If you see the people are coming, the enemies are coming, you need to blow the trumpet to alarm the people. Danger! And then he said to them, if you go and blow the trumpet and the people do not listen to you, and the enemy comes in and destroys them, then their blood are upon their own head. But if you don't go, listen to this, if you don't go and warn the people and the enemy comes and destroy them, then he said that their blood is going to be on your head. That's what I'm going to require. Their blood is going to be on your head. Think about that, brothers and sisters, that somebody is going to die because you didn't tell them, I didn't tell them about Jesus and their loss to a Christless eternity. And that on the day of judgment, God is actually going to say to you, this guy, that one, that one in hell, because of your negligence and your refusal to go into the world as I told you to do and to warn them, warn them. 
warn them that there is danger. Brothers and sisters, we need to go, go into the world. We need to go there because that's where the people are. It's amazing going out into the world and preaching the gospel. You know, all kind of stuff will happen. But boy, I tell you, when you go there and you reach somebody with the gospel and you see them bow their head or kneel and receive Christ as their Savior, you go back with all the joy that Jesus talked about that will happen if one sinner, only one he said, I say unto you, there is more rejoicing in heaven over just one sinner. More than over 99 just persons that need no repentance. So as we are culminating this mission conference, let us keep in mind that after the conference today, the work is supposed to continue it's not that we finish here. No. It's just the time. And I hope that everyone has been motivated, has been challenged. That's right. To go forward. Ask God for a second wind. And so, Lord, I'm going to be revitalized. I want you to revitalize me. And God, I need you to help me that I understand that I am a child of God and that I have a responsibility because you have laid down a commandment for me to go and to do something, whether it's to pray. Yes, God, help me to pray more. Or whether it's to give, God help me to sacrifice and give more. Because Jesus said in his word that it's more blessed, or the Bible said it's more blessed to what? To give than to receive. And in the book of Malachi, you know this great um, declaration he made that if you bring all the what? The tithe and offering into the house of God... He said, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out so much blessing that you'll be embarrassed. Can you imagine that? That you'll be embarrassed. You wouldn't have enough room to store what I would pour upon you. Think about that. That is awesome. And God is saying that, and you know and understand that when God says something, he doesn't change. He means what he says, and he says what he means. He said, I'll open up the window of heaven. And you know, brothers and sisters, I want to let you know that if you give to the church, you give out of a heart of love, and you give as much as you can, more people will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and do you know what will happen? One day you enter into glory and Jesus might be pointing to people and say, you see all those people there? They are here because of you. Why? Because you give hilariously or hilariously because that's what it means when it says that God loves a cheerful, hilarious giver. Somebody who loves to just give. They just enjoy giving. And brothers and sisters, we have missionaries on the mission field that many, many times they are in need, great, dire need, and they can't see hand, uh, you know, they can't even discern their right hand from their left hand. Things are bad because they are there, they have dedicated their life um, to the cause of Christ and are expecting that the people of God 
will assist them and keep them there. The Apostle Paul said, how can they go, how can they hear the gospel without a preacher? How can they preach unless they are sent? That's right. That sending what he's saying is that, hey, here the missionary wants to go. And the only way he can go, you are going to send him by doing what? I'm promising him that I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to support you that you do the work there. That's what it means. And you have to keep on. You know, if this church wasn't supporting us down in Jamaica, I don't know what I would You know, I would have gone back into the garage fixing cars. But I don't want to do that. I dedicated my life to Jesus Christ. And before I left um, Canada 29 years ago, I said, God, I am going to go and I'm going to dedicate my life. And I'm going to depend on you to support me. And because of that, I refused even to take a ama or a dolly to Jamaica with me. I left all my, my tools back in Canada because I'm, I said to God, God, I am going to depend on you and I'm going to reach out to people. My verse that I, um, God gave me and I took as my life verse was the verse in Matthew, um, um, Mark chapter 5, verse 19, where the demoniac of Gadara, when he was um, clothed and uh, when he was delivered and clothed in his right mind, they chased Jesus away and he said, Master, let me come with you. And for the first time in the Bible you read, someone wanted to follow Jesus and he said, no, don't come with me. That's right. The first time you read that, the man said, Master, let me come with you. And he said, no, go home and do what? And tell your friends what great things the Lord has done for you. And I took that as my verse. And that's what I've been doing for the past 29 years. Going from place to place and telling people about Jesus, what he has done for me, and that he would do the same thing for them. And, you know, just meeting people from one place to the other, and they're just telling you, Uncle Keith, I remember you. I went into the food store not too long ago, and this lady, and, you know, with all these teeth shining, she had on braces, you know, and all these shiny teeth, and she's bubbling, and she says, Uncle Keith, oh my goodness, I remember you when I used to go to um, Southern Southern School, and I say, were your teacher there? I knew what she was going to say. She said, teacher, she said, I was a little kid there um, in primary school when you used to come to our school and um, tell us about Jesus. And now she said, I'm saved. I am a lecturer. And oh my goodness, you know, my heart did well. I was so glad to hear that. And as I go along and meet people over and over, uh, telling me about how Jesus touched their heart in school, I met a teacher. And the teacher said, when I was 10 years, you came to my school. And I gave my heart to Jesus and she was still a, she was, she's now a teacher. But not only that, she was also an evangelist. I invited her to come to our conference to give a testimony. And you know what she said? She said, you know, I'd love to come, but I have a ministry to go to this Sunday evening. And I said, God bless you. Just go to that ministry. That is more important than coming to tell us. You're telling somebody else who haven't heard yet. You know. So that's what God wants us to do. He said, then go and work. 
And then let's put another one here quickly. I, um, I, how much more time we have? I don't know. I have 25 minutes more to go. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's great. So I could elaborate a little bit more. Okay. So um, here's the next thing he said to him. Um, this one is what? Who? The next one is what? And the other one is supposed to be W-H-E-N. When shall we go? When? There you go. You have it here. And it is today. Go today. Why not tomorrow? Why not next week? Did you know that if you read the scriptures, you'll find out that there is no way in the scripture that uh, the, the declaration about receiving Christ as Savior was ever in the past tense? Did you know that? Never in the future tense. It is always in the present tense. Today, today, today. And that's what Jesus said, you know, because I think that Jesus was using that as an example for his mission, for his plan. That we have to go today, 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 not tomorrow. Because, you see, nobody knows what will happen about tomorrow. And today is the only time we have to go out into the world and to preach the gospel because time is running out and people are getting more hostile. I mean, I mean, things are getting really bad. And wherever you go, you're finding the same thing is happening. The other day we got a call from um, an email from one of the fellows um, that work with Opmia campaigners in Uganda and he said, pray, pray, pray right now because they um, he, ha he has a school, and the school apparently is known to be the best discipline and the best school in the community. And someone didn't like that. And they set the school ablaze. That's right. They set the school ablaze. Do you know how much money... They have lost, and, and I mean, all these kids now that were there, they are out on the street, they are going to find somewhere, they, and the entire block of the school is gone. That's right. And wherever you go, there is persecution. When you read, especially when you get newsletters from India with those guys over there, they are just begging, please, pray, 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 pray. You know, persecution, um, persecution. Wherever you go, they go into the, the villages and, and these Muslims and Hindu, especially the Muslims. They target the Christian. They don't want you there because they realize that whenever they, the Christians come and begin to preach, people gravitate to them. You know, they go into these communities and they, they, they set up, they, they carry a generator where they could set up a, 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 a projector and actually show a movie. 
and they use the Jesus film, the Jesus movie. They use that all over the place, and um, and they would go into these villages, and they would set up a screen and turn on their generator, and they would begin to pray. And what they have done now with the Jesus film, that they have translated it into a lot of the dialects of the people. So here, when it's going on, and the people open their mouth and talking and talking, guess what? They are talking their language. They can hear and they are amazed that these screens or these voices have our language. And we can hear what they are saying and hear about Jesus dying for them and so on. And because of that, you know, hundreds of them will give their life to Jesus. The Muslims don't like that. The Hindus don't like that. And so they persecute the church. And over and over you're reading that all these churches are being burnt down. Um, these Christians are being thrown. I mean, some horrible things have been going around this world. Persecution is still out there a lot. Sometimes we don't hear. But it is going on. And if you read some of these missionaries' reports, you will be amazed to say, in these days, these things are happening. Oh yeah, it is still happening. And it's going to happen more and more as we go along. So brothers and sisters, I want you to be aware of this. And that whatever we can do, we need to do it today. Even in our little um, lovely island of the Bahamas here. There, there, there are a lot of things that are happening. And there are a lot of crimes being committed and people are scared, and they have more locks on their doors, more than anything else. And, you know, you are not cooped up. You become a what? A prisoner of your own home. But brothers and sisters, guess what? If, if we don't go out and, and be, be seen out there, to know that Jesus Christ still has power to save people, then we are going to get more scared and scared, and the devil is going to take over over more and more, and empower us, cover us, and the next thing we know that we are afraid even to open our mouths to say that I am a Christian. That's right. So we need to be aware of that. The Apostle Paul said that we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. And that's what the devil wants to, he wants to scare us. He wants to scare heaven out of us. But we have to be aware and understand that greater is he that, in his, that is in us than he that is in the world. Because if you are not aware of that, then you're just going to keep on being afraid. You know, but you need to pray and ask God to give me the power. And when he gives you the power, don't sit down with the power or it will explode. You need to go there and manifest that. Go into the world. You know, make yourself when you are going to work. You, you know, carry some trucks, gospel trucks with you. Something. Wherever you can go and you can make an impact, do it. Make yourself known. Make sure people know who you are. I, I, I remember the first day I got saved. No, that's 1964. Sunday morning about 12.05 over there. I mentioned that the other day. The next day I went to work right on Mount Royal Avenue there at the garage. You know, I was the only guy in the garage that smoked. When I got saved, I had a pack of cigarettes, about 18 cigarettes in the pack. 
I went home and I threw it away. I went to work the next morning and I was silent, you know, because I'm always whistling, I'm always singing, making a lot of noise. I'm a noisy fellow, very, very noisy. That morning I was a little bit quiet and I was smoking and, you know, I was thinking of what's going to happen today. You know, you're saved, you got saved yesterday. Are you going to, when you go with the boys to um, go for lunch today, are you going to say grace? Or, and all these things going through my mind and man, I'm getting kind of scared what to do. But I walked out there and um, when it was lunchtime, the guy said, Hey kids, lunchtime, let's go. And we, <laughs> you know, I said, Okay, you guys go ahead. Um, you know, I'm coming. So I started to linger, you know, and let them go ahead and uh, wash my hands, walked out there. And I peeked through the window at the restaurant to see if I could find an extra seat somewhere where I could sit by myself, you know. But when I looked, all the boys were sitting around the table and you know, they left one seat for Keith. So I walked in and, you know, oh my goodness. And my, you know, I was just kind of thumping, thumping. And, you know, I was quiet, those guys talking. And I was just, I'm thinking now, when that lunch comes, am I going to say grace in front of all these guys? And that's all I am thinking about. You know, they are talking and I'm just there. Finally, the lunch came. And I like, kind of took a deep breath and I just bowed my head and prayed and, you know, give God thanks and um, nothing happened. No one did say anything. You know, being men, people are very religious, so, you know, that's one of them things. Went back to work and five o'clock came and it's like someone is saying to me, aren't you going to tell them that you're a Christian? Oh, no, no, uh-uh, no. Nah. going to be heavy, hard stuff. We had a little room inside the, um, the, the parts department where we used to go and um, change our clothes. And I waited until everybody changed their clothes and come out before I walked in. I went in and I changed my clothes and walking out at the counter, there was one guy there who was a Christian who used to sell parts. And I walked over to the guy and I said, Brother Pinder, you know, I got saved yesterday. And he... He just stretched his hand right over and said, God bless you, brother and sir. And as that happened, one of the guys walked back inside. And he was the most mischievous guy of the entire garage gang. He was the most mischievous one. And he actually heard what I said. And man, he laughed and he just went back outside and called to the guy and said, Hey guys, keep going, Christian. And so I never had to tell anybody else. Everybody knew Keith gone Christian. But the whole thing is that, you, you know, you have to plant your flag. Make sure you plant your flag wherever you go so people know who you are. And brothers and sisters, that's what God wants us to do. To plant our flag and to go out there, not tomorrow, but go out there today and do something to the glory of God that someone will come to know the Lord, the Lord God of our fathers. So it says, go and go when? Today. Where do you go today? Let me put the last one here. And here we go. Look at the W-H- E right here and um, an R here and 
the other one here, where? Keep in mind that there's the question mark for all of these here, so you might say, where, where is the question mark? Yep, yes, where do we go? And he tells us, haha, he tells us where to go. He says, go, and here we go right here, and go in my, okay, let's see if we could put it here quickly, one right here, one here, uh, okay, and one there. He said, go in my vineyard. Where is the vineyard? That's the other question. Where is the vineyard? They asked him that in one of those parables before. Where is the vineyard? You know, in, the, in one of these parables of the seed. And the saw and the seed. And he told them where the vineyard was. The entire world is God's vineyard. Wherever mankind is, that's where the vineyard of God is. So wherever, whether color, no color, creed, no matter who you are, what you look like, the point is that it's God's vineyard. He created the world and he said, this is my vineyard. And people are over the entire earth and he said, they are all mine. That's right. And that's why I said, go into my vineyard and preach the gospel today. My sons and my daughters, nobody else. We can't um, expect the people on the outside, the bastard to go. No, they will go and they will make a um, mockery. They will make havoc of God's vineyard. Can't be the unsafe. You have people out there who are talking about they are evangelists and preachers and they are missionaries and they are going out there and telling people a lie. They are telling them something else that God is not saying. And they need the truth. They need the truth to understand. Each and every one of them, people need to know what the Bible says about these three letter words. That they are sinners. And that Jesus Christ came, the Bible said, God commends his love unto us, in that while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was the only true one that was able to die. Why? Because he was sinless, and he became sin for us, that we might be doers, made the righteousness of God. And the Bible tells us that without the shedding of what? Blood, there is no, there is no forgiveness of sins. No one, no church, no pastor, no baptism, no nothing at all can save anyone. No matter what they're saying, it cannot work. It's only the blood of Jesus Christ. As I close, you know, I read a story about they had a convention somewhere in the States years ago. And they had all the heads of these um, different religions were there. And they were proving that I'm the right one and so on. And everybody was proving and declaring their religion and their faith and their belief. And they were proving that I am the right one. And they went on and on. And everybody proved except the Christian. And there was this preacher 
And then he got up to speak and he said, Ladies and gentlemen, I have listened to your, um, your, your statement and your declaration about your religion. But then with all of that now, I have one question to ask. How can I get rid of my sin? And there was a silence. Nobody answered. And then he said, since you can't answer, then I've got to ask somebody else. And he looked up like that and he said, John! And people thought the sky gone berserk. John! Can you tell me, please, and tell these people how we can get rid of our sin? And he stopped and he listened. There it is. Thank you very much. Let me declare it to you. John said that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sins and we'll be able to do this. Blood out all our sins and our iniquity and then we could become people of God. That's right. That's the answer right there. The blood of Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, as I close, I want to encourage you to take another stand for Jesus. Rise up. Get your second wind. And purpose in your heart. Let all of us did it. You know, when it was earlier this week or last week, I was purpose. And I said, God, help me because I am rededicating my life to you right now. That I am going to do better for you. I'm going to go as far as I can. Do whatever I can for the glory of God. Because that's all matters. Nothing else is going to matter, brothers and sisters. But when we go before um, God and hear him to declare what? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I will make you ruler over many according to your faithfulness. God bless you and I hope that you'll be encouraged. Thank you very much over to you.